It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. From the G Family Performance Center in Edmond, Oklahoma, welcome to another episode of the Locked On Thunder podcast. I am your gracious and humble host, Eric G. Thanking you so much for making us a part of your day. Coming up on this episode of Locked On Thunder, We'll talk about the absence of Alex Sabrinas, who is still listed out for tonight's game with the Minnesota Timberwolves, and what that means for him. In other words, we'll delve into what are the Thunder thinking since Alex Sabrinas is gone. Are they thinking that here's a guy that they miss because he's been playing such good defense? Are they thinking he's a guy that the Thunder need in the locker room who's been really good for him? Or is there something else that might be going through the head of Sam Presti, Billy Donovan, and Alex Sabrinas' teammates while he takes this time off. And then we'll talk about Ryan Saunders, the brand new coach of the Minnesota Timberwolves who makes his debut tonight in Oklahoma City. And what ultimately makes the difference for him in getting that interim tag taken off and becoming the head coach of the Minnesota Timberwolves and what ultimately might make the difference in him getting shipped out of town and and not being the head coach of the Minnesota Timberwolves and probably put in a position where he's going to have to find another assistance job. We'll explain all that in segment number one. In segment number two today of the podcast, had a good back and forth on Sunday with Washington Wizards fans. And I meant to mention that on yesterday's podcast. I didn't, but I'll tell you why that's a positive considering what the Wizards season's been. Plus, we'll hear from Paul George after the loss on Sunday night. And then finally, we'll wrap things up talking about the very complicated story of one Chandler Parsons. And is there any hope that Chandler Parsons will, A, get back on the floor this year? And if he does, where will that be? What would ultimately have to take place for Chandler Parsons to be playing this season And if I'm the Thunder, he's not a guy I'm looking at. Not even remotely thinking about Chandler Parsons, even though you might look at him as a three-point shooting specialist. We'll get into his percentage. We'll get into his money situation. All that coming up today on the Locked on Thunder podcast. My name's Eric G. I work for 1340 The Game in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Also, News Radio 1000 KTOK, both proud members of the iHeartMedia family. I am a credentialed member of the media and have been lucky enough to cover the Thunder now for five years. If you would like to uh, hear more of this podcast, check out some archived episodes. Just go to LockedOnPodcast.com or say, Alexa, play Locked On Thunder podcast. Or, hey Google, play Locked On Thunder podcast. It'll pull right up. We're also available on iTunes. You can subscribe there. Please rate us five stars. We're four and a half now. We want to be five stars, but only if you think we deserve it. And you can get us at Stitcher and at Spotify. Alex Abrina still listed out for tonight's game with the Minnesota Timberwolves. And I had to go back through some of the Thunder game logs to figure out when exactly was the last time Alex Abrina's played with Oklahoma City. And the last time he played was two days before Christmas. 
and he was sick for the game in Houston with the stomach virus or whatever virus he had, and then he's been active ever since. So it's been about two weeks since Alex Abrinas has not only played for the Oklahoma City Thunder, but even been with the Oklahoma City Thunder. And I'm still not speculating on what's going on because I don't have any in, any inside information as far as to what's going on. And I don't think that that would be fair to do, but I do believe one thing that is fair to talk about is what are the Thunder thinking right now since Alex Abrinas is out? And at this point, there's no timetable for his return. And when you've got a guy that's out that long, there all of a sudden becomes thoughts that pop up throughout the organization. And one of those may be, hey, we really miss this guy. He's been playing really good defense all year long, even though his shooting hasn't been there. We've sort of struggled defensively lately since Alex Sabrinas has been out. We need to get him back on the court soon just because we need that guy that can give us a little extra on that end of the floor. There's also the thought of, well, he's been good at defense, but there are other guys that are good at defense, and he hasn't shot near as well as he needs to be shooting. So is he really that is he really being missed that much? And then there is the whole locker room culture situation where none of us really know because the Thunder is such a tight-lipped organization what exactly Alex Sabrinas means to that locker room. And you can ask Russell Westbrook and Steven Adams and any of Alex Sabrinas' teammates and they're all going to tell you, hey, he's a great locker room guy. We really like him. We get along with him. And if there was anything Anything that would dispute that, you're not going to get it from the Thunder until maybe Alex Sabrinas is out of Oklahoma City or starts making noise much the way Reggie Jackson did that he wants to get out of Oklahoma City because that's how the, th- because that's how the Thunder roll and we just kind of, we deal with it. We learn everything much later than, than I think maybe sometimes we should be learning things, but there's not a whole lot you can do about that. And if I'm Sam Presti right now, and, and I don't think that this team is any worse off with without Alex Abrinas, and I don't think he really adds anything to the team when he comes back, then I'm, one, not rushing him to come back because, one, he may not need to be rushed to come back. But, two, if it's not, if it's not affecting you all that much, you might be paying him, but why screw with a good thing if you think what you have going is pretty darn good? And the worst thing you can have happen if you're Alex Sabrinas is that once you step back onto that floor or get back into that locker room with your teammates having been gone a while and then being used to you not being gone and maybe in some cases being relieved that you were gone is having to acclimate to that situation and then welcoming you back with less than open arms. And believe me, I've been in Alex Sabrinas' situation at work before where things just weren't going well. It was doing me good to be off for some time. Time It was doing the people that I worked with some good for me to be away. But then when you know you have to walk back into that situation and there's that mutual feeling of, oh, that, that that's him again. And it's it's awkward. There's no way to get around it. You, you put your best foot forward and you try to work out. You try and work things out, but sometimes you just can't. Sometimes personalities are just so far apart that you can't bring that back together. And I say all this to tell you that I don't know if any of this, I don't know if any of this plays into what the Thunder are thinking with Alex Sabrinas, 
but it certainly feels like there's more going on there than, than actually we know that there's more going on there than what we're being told. I just wonder how much the Thunder actually miss this guy. And one guy that the Minnesota Timberwolves definitely miss is Flip Saunders. And his son Ryan is now the new head coach of the Minnesota Timberwolves as Tom Thibodeau is on his way out. And everything that you read about Ryan Saunders is he's a guy that's well-liked in the organization. And if he's not well-liked in the organization, his father is certainly well-liked in the organization by the front office and by players that that Flip Saunders brought in when he was doing front office work for the Minnesota Timberwolves. So what does that ultimately do for Ryan Saunders? Well, it buys him time. And all Ryan Saunders has to do... Now, winning is great. I would say for Ryan Saunders at this point, if you're thinking about your career and the Timberwolves is where you want to be, winning is a plus, but it's not necessarily the most important thing that you're going to do over these next few months. The most important thing you're going to do over these next few months is to gain your players' trust and to put a system in place that they believe in. And even if the results aren't there, as long as they're buying in, as long as they're giving you effort and they're still listening to you and they believe what you're going to do is work or what you're going to do is going to work, and as long as you're listening to them, and and that's important. I think with him being 32 years old and him being younger than some of the players on his team, he still needs to listen to what these guys have to say because they've been there and done that. And that's one of the biggest that's one of the biggest strengths that an NBA coach can have is a good working mutual respectful relationship with his players to understand that A as a coach, you don't have all the answers. Players understand what their comfort zone is. They understand what it ultimately takes to work. And a lot of times they've had the opportunity to learn under people you haven't so they can bring things to the table that maybe you haven't even thought of. And as long as you're willing to listen as lo- and, and take them seriously, don't just entertain them and placate them and say, okay, you can bring your idea to me, but it, but I'm just going to ultimately blow it off and I'm going to do things my way and yeah, sure, I'm going to kind of listen to you. No, really actually listen. Consider what they have to say. It doesn't necessarily mean you have to implement it. Or even if you do implement it, it it doesn't mean you have to implement it right away. But if you can show, okay, yeah, that is a really good idea. Let's let's think about this. Let, let me really chew on this. I may not be comfortable with it right now, but if you'll give me a couple of days to think about it, maybe this is something that we can do. If he can get everybody on board and he can have players going to the front office to say, this is your guy and they believe in him, a lot of times front offices in the NBA, more so than in any other league, they'll listen to players. And if the players believe in him, whether the results are there or not, then he's going to have an opportunity to stay on. Now, this has been three years. If if it's if it gets into, I don't know, year two of, the, of, of him taking over and the results aren't there, then he's screwed. Because at that point, you're an owner. No matter how much a player believes in a guy, you know that there needs to be a change and there's somebody that has to come in and what he's not doing just isn't working for this particular system. But right now, that is the number one most important thing you can do is continue to build and foster those relationships with your players, foster it with the front office, and just show that that you're the type of guy that can lead and take charge and let the results come as they will. Let the wins and the losses just play out 
and then worry about what you can do on a day-to-day basis. This is the Locked on Thunder podcast. I am Eric G. Coming up next here on LOT, we had a good back and forth with Wizards fans. I'll tell you why that was a silver lining and an otherwise dark cloud for the Oklahoma City Thunder and the Wizards on Sunday night. It's all right here on the Locked on Thunder podcast. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked on NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We have another episode of Locked On Sooners published, and I hope you will check that out at LockedOnPodcast.com or just say, Alexa, play Locked On Sooners podcast, or hey, Google, play Locked On Sooners podcast. Subscribe via Apple iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And today on Locked On Sooners, to give you a preview of what we're talking about, and I know that there are a lot of Oklahoma State fans that listen, but hey, we're discussing Kyler Murray coming back. Um, which, I don't know, if you're an Oklahoma State fan, maybe you don't want him to come back. Maybe you do, and you want another shot to beat him. Either way, you can find out at Locked On Sooners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Had a good back and forth with the Wizards fans on Sunday night, or at least a a handful of Wizards fans on Twitter. And by handful, I mean like two or three. Um, What wasn't an overwhelming amount of number, but even that two or three gave me cause for hope. Not for anything that the Oklahoma City Thunder were doing and them allowing Thomas Bryant to have a really good game against them as well as Otto Porter, but it showed me that there are at least two or three people that follow that team that still care enough to get excited when they beat the Oklahoma City Thunder. And coming into that game, the Wizards had only won 15 games all season long. And most likely, they're not going to make the playoffs. And unfortunately, there's Scott Brooks, who may lose his job over this. There's not a lot to be excited about if you're a Washington Wizards fan. But if you have two or three hardcore people that are willing to comment on Twitter, and I don't know how, how much that extends out to the rest of the Wizards fan base, then I can respect that. If you're that kind of fan and you're still going to follow and you're not going to say, hey, I'm out. I'm out until they win. I'm not going to watch any more games. I'm very interested in what they're doing personnel-wise. Then you're my kind of fan. And it was a lot of fun kind of giving each other crap throughout that game. Also, the Laker fans are starting to come out of the woodworks. The ones that listen to this podcast are really convinced that if the Thunder and the Lakers meet in a seven-game series, the Lakers got it over the Thunder. And I I expect that that Thunder fans would be willing to talk all sorts of trash to Laker fans because how often are you going to have this opportunity? You you need, if you're a Thunder fan, this, this is, I don't ever like to tell you what to do or what to think, even though I often do. But this is one situation you've got to take advantage of if you're a Thunder fan because you may never have that many opportunities to really dog out the Lakers. Um, Had a chance to talk trash first year you made the playoffs and then 
Lakers ultimately won that. I think they played again after that, didn't they? And the, the, yeah, yes, the Thunder and the Lakers have played in in the in the playoffs, and the and the Thunder won. Thunder won a six game series with them. Um, but I, I I like it when fan bases can jaw back and forth at each other. The, and the weird thing about the NBA and, and just and just professional sports in general is you never know where rivalries are gonna bud. You you never know what is going to bring that ultimate rivalry. And in the NBA, there are some, for lack of a better term, natural rivalries, Nets and Knicks, Knicks and Celtics, New York, New York, New York, Boston kind of thing. Um, I don't know who the Atlanta Hawks rival is. I have no idea if the Orlando Magic have a true rival. And Oklahoma City, it's all been predicated on who has meant the most to Oklahoma City at that time. So I think at one point it was Memphis. At another point it was Houston. San Antonio probably figured in there. Right now it's Golden State. And the Jazz, the the Jazz are certainly becoming a rival after what happened last year. And that's what makes the NBA fun is you can get more fan bases involved. And throughout this really weird organic process now with social media, you can find like-minded fan bases. Now, you may never have that mutual mutual respect for each other's teams. You may never root for each other's teams, but you find fans that you have in con- you find fan bases that you have a lot in common with, and that becomes some, some very interesting conversation. It certainly did with the Jazz fans last year, and I think it could possibly become a very interesting conversation between Thunder and Lakers fans over these next few years because if Golden State were to somehow fall apart, and they lose Clay Thompson, and it's just Steph Curry, and they decide not to bring back Draymond Green, and Kevin Lee leaves, and Golden State, for for whatever nutso reason, goes into a rebuilding process. You may have a three-headed horse with the Nuggets, the Thunder, and the Lakers, and that could potentially bring a lot of fun to the NBA. Um, I'm all for rivalries. I think rivalries help sports, and when Golden State, since Golden State doesn't have Cleveland anymore, and LeBron is with the Lakers, and the Lakers may not be good enough to make the Western Conference Finals. There needs to be another rivalry that springs up. Speaking of the Lakers, they still didn't get Paul George, and here he is after last night's loss to the Washington Wizards, or excuse me, Sunday's loss to the Washington Wizards. The offensive glass on the offensive side of the ball and, and rebounding. It seemed like that script got flipped tonight. Do you see any reasons why that happened? No, I mean, it's just a long year. We're going to have games where... Um, kind of just got to readjust and, and, you know, come back and be ourselves. Um, just one of the nights. Coming off of a, a long West Coast trip, how many road games you've had during that stretch? Did you feel like maybe the legs weren't quite there for the team as a whole tonight? Um, no, I, I just think, you know, you know, it, it just games happen like that. You're on the road and, um, you know, we did well on the road. Um, we had some big games that we, we won, and just one of those nights you come home, you see an opponent like Wizards, and you're playing at home. Um, you, you just fall into that trap. Uh, but it's no excuse. It's just, just a weird game for us. Um, you know, we'll we be fine. We'll be all right. We'll be better. We'll get better from this, and uh, we'll keep it rolling. Paul, about, um, I guess there were about two and a half minutes left in the first quarter. You came out and usually played that entire first quarter. Billy said that you asked out. What was, what was the situation there? Uh, I just needed a blow. Just a little winded. Needed a blow. 
the end of the game, looked like you were favoring something on your leg there too. Are, are you okay there? Yeah, I'm all right. I just caught a knee. Um, same knee that you know I've been um, getting hit at seems like all season long. Um, but I'll be all right. I'll be fine. I'll ice it down. I'll be all right. Was it just the particularly the flow of that first quarter where you asked out, or has it been kind of an accumulation of the past month? I don't know. I'm, I'm usually good with my wind. I was I was a bit winded at that point. Um, usually he subbed Russ out, um, but I, I just went to him and, and you know told him we can have Russ stay in and I'll take the blow um, now and come back early in the second. Half. Thunder will come out tonight um, with with a lot of energy. At least I expect him to come out with a lot of energy. Certainly, it seemed like in the locker room after the game, people weren't exactly thrilled with what went down, but there was an attitude of, all right, we got our butts kicked, whatever, we'll go back and practice tomorrow, and we'll practice, we'll, we'll go to shoot around on, on Tuesday, and then we'll be ready to, to play the Timberwolves. There just didn't seem to be anything that was really lingering there after the game. And I've been in the locker room when things have lingered and have worried about how the Thunder were going to come out that next night when they, and we've seen it where maybe they lose a tight game or they blow a lead and then, and things have lingered and they come out and they overwork in that first few minutes of that next game. I don't expect that to be the case. I expect them to be very confident and the Timberwolves tonight should be ready to put on a show for their brand new coach, Ryan Saunders. Look for a, look for a very entertaining, very intense first eight minutes of this game and then at some point things will even out but I can maybe even see it going a little longer where up until halftime you get both of these teams fighting it out pretty hard today but I expect the Thunder to play under control smart good confident basketball tonight and to go back to doing the things that they need to do in order to win and in case you forgot what those things are here's Billy Donovan one more time to stress them to you. Well, you know, it's like I said before, like I think every team that plays has got a formula of how that team has to win. And, and for us, because we have not been a great three-point shooting team and because we've been up and down at the free throw line, part of our recipe has got to be that we've got to take more shots. And part of the way you do that is by offensive rebounding, generating turnovers. So when you don't do that, um, for us, you know, that's, that's, that's like – our margin for error is we have to defensive rebound at above 80% every game. If we don't, if we don't re- defensive rebound above 80% and we don't defend a three-point line well and we put teams to the free throw line, we, we, can't, we can't afford those things to happen. So, you know, generally one of those three things, we've got to fight hard every game to try to win. Defend a three, you know, rebound the basketball, and, uh, and obviously we take care of it. And, um, you know, not foul and put teams at free throw line. Make some free throws tonight, would you? Just, 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 I don't know, maybe be better than 60% from the free throw line tonight, please, please, please. Okay, I realize that's asking too much. This is the Locked on Thunder podcast. I'm Eric G. We'll wrap things up coming up here in just a moment when we talk about the very complex story of Chandler Parsons and what ultimately his future is and why I don't think he's even remotely close to being in the Oklahoma City Thunder's plans. That's next on Locked on Thunder. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked on NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league 
helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wrapping things up here on the Locked On Thunder podcast, I do want to take a second to mention Locked On Sooners. Just go to your smart speaker and say, hey, Google, play Locked On Sooners podcast or Alexa, play Locked On Thunder podcast or Alexa, play Locked On Sooners podcast. Whatever you want to play, have her play it. She can play all the archived episodes as well. And um, you can get the other archived episodes by going to LockedOnPodcast.com, subscribing via Apple iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I don't know if you've been keeping up with Chandler Parsons and his weird saga, but it is one of the most fascinating things that's going on in the association right now. Chandler Parsons is not with the Memphis Grizzlies, although he is still owed $28 million by that organization. That's 13 and some change this year and 25 next year. Doctors have cleared him to play. Doctors say he's ready to play five-on-five. The Grizzlies aren't really believing that. He has practiced with the team. He's been practicing out in L.A. The Grizzlies right now are looking for a trade partner, but most people are looking at that contract and Chandler Parsons' history, and they're saying, yeah, no, we're not taking that on right now. Next year, maybe as an expiring contract, you might take it on. There is a chance of a buyout, but the Grizzlies want him to reduce that buyout. And if you're Chandler Parsons, there just isn't really any incentive to take anything less than what you're going to get. Sort of with Carmelo Anthony. It was that whole, well, can he just take less to take, take a buyout? No. Now, the Thunder can wait, The Thunder could, could have waived and stretched him last year, and he still would have got his money. It just would have been over an extended period of time, and the Grizzlies, I'm sure, can do that this year, at least I think they can. I'm not sure what exactly the 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 extenuating circumstances are with all the financial stuff going on with Memphis. But if the dude can play, I don't understand why any team wouldn't want him simply other than the salary. He's a 36% free, uh, three-point shooter, which I know what you're thinking. Hey, the Thunder need a shooter, but that's the same percentage that Patrick Patterson has. And he plays a different position than Patrick Patterson. He's more of a small forward guy. And the injury history, the money, none of that really makes sense for the Oklahoma City Thunder. And quite frankly, I'm not really sure who it makes sense for. I'm not sure what that team is that he'll fit. And I would imagine that there's a lot of GMs out there thinking along the same lines I would, which was, hey, I'd love to have the guy, just not for what I'm paying him or not for what I would have to be paying him. And if you're Parsons, this is the best contract you're ever going to get. You're not going to have that opportunity to get that kind of deal next year or in in a couple of years once your contract expires. So you're just in this very weird holding pattern of constantly working out, constantly getting healthy, but not really having anything to show for it and not getting the opportunity to play like you so desperately want. I don't know when this thing comes to an end, but I am watching with both eyes wide open. And if I had to guess, if I just had to guess, if the Grizzlies really do want to trade him, then at some point they get him back on the court this year 
when they feel he's fully healthy, and then you show the world that you can still go out and play. This is the Locked on Thunder podcast. I'm Eric G. Thanking you so much for making us a part of your day. We'll be back tomorrow to break down the T-Wolves and Oklahoma City. And until tomorrow, be excellent to each other. Everybody love everybody. And of course, peace, love, and thunder up. And may God bless you and your family. You are Locked on Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.